0: Hello everyone, welcome back to the Art of Science and Controversy. This is now the second episode, and today, instead of focusing on controversy, we are focusing on the scientific side of things. I am your host, Quinn Black, and this is my guest, Nevena Ivankovic.
1: I'm a high school teacher, high school science teacher. Um, I have a background in earth and ocean sciences, more specifically geology and
0: environmental science, the little sprinkling of oceanography as well. Wonderful. So I guess we'll get started right into the geochemistry side of things. How did you get into geochemistry? What did you find most interesting about it? So my interest in geochemistry stems from how I actually got
1: into geology. So initially, I thought I wanted to major in chemistry. I loved chemistry in high school. Um, it was my favorite science, and once I was in university, I unfortunately had one professor that gave me such a, it's a traumatizing experience that I completely switched my major, uh, and at that moment, I looked at what majors were available based on the courses I did and just randomly picked earth science, and then I tried a bunch of geology classes uh, and fell in love with it, and when I realized there was also geochemistry combining the my new two favorite sciences it uh, just seemed like a good fit yeah, like i guess that. we have to uh thank
0: the awful professors yeah sometimes. <laughs> so to the members of our audience who might not be as familiar with geochemistry what fundamentally is it and what sets it apart from normal chemistry in a lab right so um
1: geochemistry is really just blending principles of geology and chemistry, which you might gather from the name. Um, And it is looking, it takes a lot of what you would do like traditionally in a chemistry lab, um, but really uses what we know about geology and uses that chemistry um, to get a deeper understanding of geology. So you're looking at the chemical compositions of rocks and seeing if you can better determine what minerals are present. Um, it also really helps in matching geological features. So when we discovered or came up with the theory of plate tectonics, one of the pieces of evidence was having matching geological features that are now separated by an ocean. And without geochemistry, we, could have, we couldn't have proven uh, that they had similar compositions or even the same compositions.
0: I see. So for example, if you had a volcano erupted and then the magma was split onto two different plates and drifted apart, you could tell by the arrangement of the molecules
1: exactly um and even so we have for example the Appalachian Mountains in Canada that are the exact same geological composition as the mountains in um England I think Scotland and Norway and obviously are separated by an ocean now so it helped us prove that at one point those mountains formed and then the plate split apart uh, and that was filled in with ocean
0: that's fascinating so why why do we study geochemistry? It could be useful for matching plates and stuff like that, I can see. But how is it applied to everyday life?
1: Right, so that's where we... I mean, there's a couple different layers to it. So one, as with everything with science, just general deeper understanding mm-hmm. is always a goal. Um, but it is important for ep- economic reasons. Uh, so especially in a province like BC with mining. Um, so if you understand the chemical composition of a mineral um, it helps you understand how it forms and so if we if we analyze the rocks in an area and we find that they have a specific chemical composition it'll indicate whether it's a likely source for a mineral to be deposited so if you're looking for copper for example you're going to look for specific (coughs) minerals that have Mm -hmm. copper um, and just make sure that those elements are present in the ground and if you find them in high concentrations, um, then you know to start searching for a deposit. Uh, The reason why that's important is if you just start digging and hope for the best, you might waste a ton of money bringing Mm -hmm. in all this mining equipment um, and also destroy a lot of the environment only to find nothing.
0: Yeah, I imagine that knowledge from years and decades of experience with looking at geology, you can, get a good prediction of what sort of chemical process you'll use to separate out the elements and stuff yeah we need to start
1: exactly and then you also just having that understanding of what's in the rock and also what chemicals you need to use to get the mineral out right because you can have a rock sample that has seven different minerals in it that are not even the mineral you're searching for to extract the element that you need um so the better you understand the chemistry of it the better the easier you can extract it and the higher Mm -hmm. yield you could get Yeah, wonderful. And And actually, just to go on that, Mm -hmm. there's also safety. Uh, So you were mentioning the volcano earlier. Um, Looking at the geochemistry of volcanoes will indicate whether it'll be an effusive or uh, explosive eruption. So effusive eruptions, they're quite calm. They'll just sort of pour out. Um, And we also know, depending on the chemical composition, how close is it it to erupting? So Mm -hmm. will when will the eruption occur even if it's a calm eruption it's still a lot of damage and lava is pretty hot no one can survive it so yeah. you can evacuate the area um, and especially for the explosive ones you have um, these pyroclastic flows that can be over 400 degrees celsius um, upwards of 700 degrees celsius even that's moving over 200 kilometers an hour um, and so you need to evacuate an area if you know something like that's going to erupt and testing the chemistry, you can you can better understand when the eruption will
0: occur. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. And for anyone who might not know, pyroclastic flow, basically just the, uh, I guess, debris flowing down like a massive... Yeah, flow. so
1: what ends up happening is um, if the... So you have different kinds of uh, lava um, or magma while it's still underground. And if it is silicious, so if it has a lot of silica in it, um, then basically what happens is it almost becomes very sticky and it doesn't let any gases leave. So these gases start to build up. And when it's deep under pressure, the gases are dissolved within the magma. But as soon as it gets closer to the surface, these gases start to bubble up to the surface, basically. Um, And it would be the equivalent of shaking up a pop can and then opening it. So because you have these gases that are now... Under pressure, and they want to be released, but because the magma is so sticky, they can't. So when it finally has a little crack uh, in the rock, then it's just an explosive process. Again, similar to shaking up the can and then opening mm-hmm. the lid, and
0: well, getting I, everywhere. I really like the analogy. You'll have to remember that. <laughs> so, what, um, as far as effects on, like building and stuff like that. What can we tell from geochemistry about the ground we build on and the challenges that variations may pose to us
1: right so there is also um, maybe not as much for always necessarily building uh, but it's the soil so geochemistry also analyzes the chemistry of the soil and looking at how healthy the soil is and um, a lot of that is really important not just for agriculture where if the soil is more fertile and healthy, Mm -hmm. uh, crops will grow better, but also for forest health. So it's vital when we're monitoring forest health. Um, And the other thing for human perspective, if the soil quality is poor and we're monitoring the geochemistry and we're noticing that something is leaching nutrients out of the soil, um, it means that the trees will be weakened. If the trees Mm -hmm. are weakened, then their roots don't hold the soil. And if that doesn't work, then we have landslide dangers. Mm. So when we're monitoring even the health of the soil, um, it'll also determine how easy is it for a landslide to occur. Um, And then that can tie into building, because if we have soil instability, if you build a large house, now you're maximizing that instability Mm. and just really increasing the chance of the landslide occurring. Um, So it can, it can, it's not directly related, but, based on the health of the soil, it, it, it I guess, it determines how good the ground will be for building.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so geochemistry, I guess, doesn't just help with the literal chemical side of things, but it also tells you ground stability and so many other things for everything from agriculture to the weight of buildings on a hill.
1: Exactly, and I think that's that's what I quite enjoy about geochemistry is it looks at all these geological principles um, and it uses chemistry as the evidence to support these principles Um, and so you have a lot with geology um, it's a lot more observational and then when you add in geochemistry you can actually take those samples to a lab and everything that you were observing and that you think is happening you can find more evidence to support um, those observations wonderful so it's like a
0: justification evidence-based system it's awesome yeah So how then might those sorts of macroscopic features um, be relating to like the mountains we see? So how can these tiny little chemical reactions way down in the earth end up determining whether we end up having massive sprawling plains or mountains? Right, so for that,
1: um, there's sort of two things that you can look at is that, um, you know, whatever ginormous feature you see, like a mountain, Um, even Mount Everest, right, fundamentally it's made up of rocks and those rocks are made up of minerals. And um, the specific combination and the chemical composition of those minerals uh, really determines what kind of a mountain you have. So whether you have a granitic mountain that's mostly granite will depend on what minerals are present and what minerals are present really depends on their chemical composition. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's also fascinating to me that we have about eight mineral or sorry eight elements that make up pretty much all the minerals on the planet Um, and so it's just almost all the minerals are a combination of oxygen silicon aluminum iron calcium sodium potassium and magnesium and then the way that they will react together um, with a couple other maybe minute trace elements will determine what minerals are present, and then that can completely change the composition of a mountain. And based on the composition, it'll change how it holds, so how strong are the rocks versus um, how weak they might be. So that'll determine you know, whether you have this mountain that's going to last a longer time or whether it'll erode quickly and become a plane much faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those erosion rates really determine what the geological landscape will look like and really it's based on the minerals and what their chemical composition is and how
0: easily they react to water and acids wow so yeah that's over the course of hundreds of millions of years exactly reactions in the rock creating either soft or very hard rock that being thrust up to the surface in mountains and then the whole erosion process So whether or not you have mountains or you have plains may take many hundreds of millions of years. Exactly. And that's one of the things. It's not just with geochemistry,
1: but um, with geology in general, you're looking at the geological timescale. So we have to take a step out of the biological timescale and looking at things in the span of 100 years being a long time. Mm -hmm. um, 100 years in geology is a blink of an eye, right? Um,
0: Yeah, a mountain would barely erode a meter or two. Yeah,
1: and I mean most erosion, I would say a fast erosion would be closer to a couple centimeters a year. So Yeah. <laughs> we're not that we're not looking at a lot. A lot. Yeah. Wow. Wow
0: well, yeah. Uh-huh. So where can people go if they're interested in geochemistry, if they want to learn more, what can they learn about geochemistry just looking at the environment around them and their local landscape as well as maybe any online resources? Mm-hmm. Number
1: one, if they're a high school student, especially if they attend West Van Secondary, they (laughs) should take geology with me. Um, But um, if not, it's actually cool because there are some geo tours. So B.C. has three. One of them is in Richmond. And geo tours is basically like taking a tour around Vancouver and seeing sites, except it's all geology based. So, oh, awesome. unfortunately, it's not specifically geochemistry, but if you no. are interested in geology, um, geotours are a great a way to see it. Um, also Nature Vancouver, it has uh, self-guided geotours for Cypress, Seymour and Stanley Park. So they kind of provide you with all the information and then you can kind of walk around the area and actually see all the different uh, geological features. Oh, I
0: see. That's really yeah. cool.
1: So those are really cool opportunities. Um, there are, so for geochemistry specifically, there is a free journal. It's called Frontiers in Earth Science. Um, the downside is, I, it's hard to read, especially if you don't have a bachelor in yeah,
0: geology. Too much science jargon. It's, yeah,
1: it's, a, it's very jargon-based, and honestly, you need at least your first year of, of university chemistry. Uh, to get the chemistry that's involved and then also the geology on top of it. Same thing with the journal of geochemistry. That one also isn't free and it's, it's, it's made for people <laughs> with masters and PhDs. Yeah. Um, so the other option is there's a textbook, it's called physical geology and it's on this website called opentextbc.ca and it's a free textbook, um, if you are interested in general about geology it is based on western canada so it has a lot of local examples um highly recommended again it is free and it is way more user friendly so i would say that's more at like a grade 12 science level so as long as you've done at least some high school level science
0: it it's a good textbook oh perfect that's good to know and i guess any much more general questions, the good old Google is always wonderful Yes, for. of course. <laughs> yeah, just make sure your uh, articles are valid and peer-reviewed, I guess.
1: Yeah, pretty much. And there's always, I think it's Google Scholar if you're looking for something oh, that's more, cool. more academic, I'd
0: mm-hmm. say, yeah. Wonderful. Well, it's been um, an absolute pleasure to talk to you about Thank geochemistry you. today. Um, any last comments, anything like that? Just
1: that rocks are more
0: entertaining than you think. <laughs> Honestly, I would have to agree. After taking Earth Science with you, there's a lot to know. Yes. It, it is very interesting.
1: And smashing them is fun, too.
0: <laughs> this, is, this is true. You guys can follow the theory of art. Ugh. I always do this. Every single time. I don't know why. The Art of Science and Controversy. On Instagram, the username is tessac.podcast. So just the acronym, dot podcast, And I do post there relatively regularly whenever I have a new episode released. So if you are interested, go and follow me there. And by all means, let me know any future recommendations you would have for topics. And on that note, I guess we'll see you guys next time. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>